the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. We're on. Welcome back to No Butts About It. I'm your host, Josh Butts, sitting in a dorm room in Steubenville, Ohio. I'm here with a somewhat sick Chuss who is in his basement in Pittsburgh. Um, He's being kind enough to stay up and do the show because he loves the audience so much. He loves you guys, and he wants to do what he can to make sure you get the show that you have been waiting for. So thank you, yeah. Chess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm sick, um, COVID negative, uh, but I, uh, yeah, I have a very interesting cold if the COVID test is accurate. And uh, yeah, I wanted to bless you guys with my, uh, my presence uh, today. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But Oh, you um, didn't, you didn't want to. What? You didn't want to bless them with your presence? Uh, I, well, I figured I was like, well, I'm sick, but I was like, you know what? I'll just let all of our fans get my presence today. There you go. That was uh, nice. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. this is the for right. For sure. For sure. Okay. Yep, that's, that is the audience's response to you. Um, they just love you that much. Yeah. So... Especially like, not that I wouldn't have done it anyway, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely, uh. Definitely because I want to. I'm a I'm a cocky guy and just. You want are. Everybody you are. Yeah. Usually, me. usually you've got uh, this sound. But no, to, today, today this is the sound to describe you. It's all chess, all day, just clapping and celebrating for you. Ah uh, yes. Yes. So, well, that's that's pleasing. That's good to know from the fans. Yes. And the fans of myself and my work. Of, <laughs> literally just predicting things and giving my hot takes and your toxicity okay so um we're about two minutes into the show now and uh only so we've had a lot of firings a lot of things going on a lot of offensive coordinators being fired a lot of defensive coordinators being fired (laughs) that's not really something i want to talk too much about because i don't really know enough about it i feel like to actually go into it um i know that greg roman from the baltimore ravens was fired and ravens fans were very happy about that i know that ravens fans want them to kind of clean house and even get rid of coach harbaugh which you know is kind of surprising to me but i guess they haven't had a lot of recent playoff success and then i know that uh, Matt Canada is staying in Pittsburgh, much to yeah. the dismay of Steelers fans, which Chuss is a representative of. 
on this show. Yeah. But as I've said before, um, I'm just going to kind of accept it. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he, he's better in college. I mean, he's not even the greatest in college. Um, but I know that he's had decent records and stuff. Uh, like he, I mean, he did one season with Pitt uh, when Nate Peterman was there. And we had some decent wins. Like we beat uh, Deshaun Watson's Clemson team. And uh, we also beat Penn State for the first time ever. And then, uh, well, not actually the first time ever, but it felt like the first time ever because uh, it had been a very long time since we had played them. And then we proceeded to lose the next three years after that. Um, but he was coordinator for that. Then he went to LSU and was 9-4 pre-Joe Burrow era. Then he went to Maryland where there was a whole coaching scandal. And then um, hit the Maryland head coach got suspended. And so offensive coordinator Matt Kidd had to step up. And I think he went 5-7 and seven as a uh, head coach coach so i mean i guess it's not bad considering maryland's in a had some very tough matchups that year but and he took the year off was a quarterbacks coach in pittsburgh in 2020 and then now he's our coordinator um i mean pat narduzzi has claimed which is pitt's coach um that he is quoted one of the worst coordinators that i've ever worked with um which is very interesting to say, but I mean, I mean, considering, considering the fact that like we had a decent season that year, I mean, I can't really complain, but Pitt was very mediocre for many years. So um, for, for that, I considered it a win season, but, but then you go into like 2021, you see Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison and all that goes, go 10 and two, you know, and stuff like that, which is very, very fun. Um, but, I, but yeah, so I just, do you think as a Steelers fan, do you think your team will win a playoff game with Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator and Kenny Pickett as your quarterback? Uh, Kenny Pickett is the quarterback. Yes. Matt Canada. No, I mean not. that pairing, both of them together. Um, uh, I guess it's a, it's a really tough call. I mean, Matt Canada was around when Kenny Pickett first had begun like i mean kenny pickett didn't start when nate, P- nate peterman was there he didn't start until the year after but he was a red shirt i believe so um so they knew each other so he, he had worked plays with them before so i guess kenny wouldn't be too eager to let matt canada go necessarily quick it's probably why they're kind of giving him a second chance plus matt canada as his two years as offensive coordinator has not had a losing season with a rookie quarterback and with ben roethlisberger granted like they're not winning seasons and we did nothing in the playoffs last year, but I mean, from the Steelers perspective, it's, that's a, that's a dub for them. So um, plus, plus the, the Rooney's are um, very specific on their money. So they don't like to spend a lot of money. And um, it's not like a, it's not like a, like a trash talk on them. It's just a, a situation where it's like they're probably they wouldn't have like since he did okay enough to win games they're not going to be very keen on firing him and trying to pay somebody else when he matt canada is still under contract for another year so um so i mean i guess it could be a good business move as for winning a playoff game i don't think so but i think they will make playoffs next year but i think they'll make it under like a 10-7 situation and in a situation where like baltimore is fine, like whether they keep Lamar or not, but you know Cincinnati's at the top of the division, followed by the Steelers, and then Baltimore being in third. Because without Lamar, they're probably not going to be good. With Lamar, they're probably going to be good, but then at some point he's going to get hurt again, like he always does every season, and then he's gonna, 
they're going to tank again. So I, I think the Steelers have a lot of promise, but I think Matt Cannon needs to, if he wants to be a good coordinator and if he wants to get re-signed or at least show the, like, the Steelers fans and just the organization that, like, he's going to be good. I think he needs to change up his playbook a little bit. Post, he's running, post, post, post. Yeah. And just run a lot of, yeah. So he's run a lot of the same plays. As for our defensive coordinator, I think that's wonderful. I think he's doing great. Um, considering like most of our games have been such low scoring games and uh, with the players that we have and stuff like that, I, I think the defensive coordinator is good. But um, as for the offensive coordinator, um, I think it might be a need of adjustment if they don't do much this season, but I guess it's a, it's a wait and see. Cause you know, we still have playoffs, super bowl, a whole draft preseason before we can even start calculating how well Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator or any coordinators or any coach is going to do, or even a quarterback, Kenny Pickett, or you can even say the same thing about like a Brock Purdy, you know, or any of these co- quarterbacks and stuff like that. I mean, every year it's a different game for them. Like no matter like, what what year it is or what when it is it's it's always going to be a little different so um nobody has i mean other than like patrick mahomes sometimes tom brady nobody really has the same consistent season every single year at some point there's going to be a fall off or an injury or something like that so um it's just a wait and see so okay we'll have to really wait and see we're uh we're not you mentioned lamar but we're not going to go into that however you did also mention brock purdy who i i do want to get into a little bit here um let me see i want to give credit to who reported this uh mike silver is reporting that uh he works for backstage media it appears so i assume he's credible jpa football reposted it jpa football is usually pretty good anyway um they are reporting a rumor that barring a seismic jump from trey lance a huge regression from Brock Purdy or in an unfortunate injury, Brock Purdy will be the team's starter in 2023. Now, uh, the San Francisco 49ers traded three first round picks in 2021 for the right to draft Trey Lance number three overall in that draft. And we haven't seen a lot of Trey Lance. I personally this isn't a knock on Trey as a person. I just haven't seen what other people are apparently seeing in him being the starter. I did. I wasn't a huge fan of them starting Jimmy or them starting Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan's much smarter than me. I'll kind of, you know, put my hands up to that. That being said, Trey did get hurt. Brock or uh, Trey got hurt. Then Jimmy G got in. Jimmy G got hurt. Brock Purdy is now the starting quarterback through the playoffs. They've already said even if Jimmy G gets better, it's it's Brock. What do you think the 49ers need to do with Trey Lance, assuming Brock Purdy doesn't have this regress, Trey Lance doesn't have this seismic jump? What do you do in this situation? I mean, the problem is, is like, well, obviously, at this point in time, you can assume that Jimmy Garoppolo is leaving San Francisco. Mm-hmm. More than likely, they're not going to re-sign him to any backup contract deal, and Jimmy Garoppolo has already solidified himself as a starter. So he probably could get a starting job literally anywhere. I think it would be very interesting still if uh, he ended up in New England for a year or two, or uh, literally he probably would do good in really anywhere. 
but um but under the circumstances with Trey Lance um I mean I think he's a good quarterback but the problem that I have with Trey Lance is he's very very injury prone and the reason is is maybe he wasn't as much in college but right now like there's a chance and I don't know how true this report is I mean it's been a minute but um since I read this, it might have been a little while ago, maybe in December, uh, they said that Trey Lance might have surgery again that might have him out for a whole nother year, but that was not definitive. So then at that point, you see Trey Lance, if that is true, you would see Trey Lance out for yet another whole season in the event that, you know, something like that happens. I personally would not try to keep on to Trey Lance because even if he's hurt for the first four or five weeks, of the season and then you move him into the backup position behind Brock Purdy for the rest of the season next year. I think at this point, like it would just be in the 49ers best interest to shop different deals for Trey Lance, but they have to worry about like IR and injuries and stuff. Cause sometimes you can't always trade injured players. There's like sometimes league rules and stuff. So you gotta be careful. But um, so I, I think if he's healthy, I think they should, consider trade options because you know that there's going to be a team that's willing to take up Trey Lance. Um, but I think if they're going to run with Brock Purdy, they don't need two stud talents sitting or potentially stud talents. I, I can't really say for sure. Cause Trey Lance has only played like four games. So um, I think you shop that, that, that player, I think you shop Lance, you get some picks out of it, whatever you can get. And then you just sign a backup or drop the backup more than likely signed one because since Brock Purdy is young, you probably would rather have Brock Purdy have like a, a backup that's like experienced rather than like another young guy. Cause not that it's not good to have young guys starting, but sometimes you just kind of need that like older mentor to kind of like continue to help you. Even though Brock Purdy looks very good and he looks above a lot of other quarterbacks when they started out. Um, I think it would just be in the best interest for the 49ers to move on from Trey Lance, get a more experienced quarterback for a backup position, and then maybe get some draft picks out of the Trey Lance deal. Because like I said, I, I'm pretty sure that there'll be a team that takes them up. Even if it's like, I'm not saying this for sure, but like, like you throw in Minnesota, for example, Kirk Cousins is getting a little older. He's starting to age a little bit. Vikings might want to trade for, you know, trade for Trey Lance to have as their backup or a third string quarterback up until Kirk Cousins just can't do it anymore. And then they slowly develop Trey Lance. So they don't have to go out and just like draft a quarterback. You know, they can kind of just assume that he'll be good. Now it might not be the best move, but I'm very sure that since he's a young quarterback, that there's going to be a team that takes him. So trade trade. So I pulled up, I pulled up Trey Lance's contract and his contract is fully guaranteed. Um, he won't be a free agent for sure until 2026. He does have a fifth-year option in his contract. Right now, his contract is four years, $34 million and some change guaranteed. So um, 49ers could pick up that fifth-year option if they wanted to. I don't know why they would in this situation. Um, they don't need to right now. Um, and he makes about $5 million. He makes five million five hundred and forty thousand a year. Um, so, in just his signing bonus and then his base salary, it depends on the year. His dead cap is going to be twenty million this year, twenty twenty three. 
Um, yeah, I think I think you have to trade him because I don't really want to take a twenty million dollar cap hit for a guy who, if if this is spot track, so I assume this is accurate, but I don't want to take a twenty million dollar hit for a guy who played one or two games, you know. Yeah, and not only that, but like, is a and like at this point would be like considered an inexperienced backup in mm-hmm. a way, um, because at that point he's only played a couple of games, and like like you said, like backups don't always play a lot of games because the point of them being a backup is not playing a lot of games. You would rather your starter play, right? But like since he is so young, it's almost like it's almost like a situation where it like you you just. Necess- like it's kind of like a weird situation because like like I said Brock Purdy and Trey Lance are like within like a year age of each other and Trey Lance doesn't have a lot of experience Brock Purdy was just thrown in at the end of the season so it's really hard to like pinpoint like you know Trey Lance is a as a backup or anything like that considering he hasn't played that much but I personally like yeah like you said I would trade him away because there's a lot of quarterbacks right now looking for like 80 90 million dollar contracts and there might be a team like anywhere that might just take him up as a backup uh, to get you know their get Trey Lance developed you know maybe not start him right away and then put him in come the following season like 2024 or something like that but I I think they should shop options because then they can get some picks back too and you know continue to develop their already stud of a team I mean so well first of all Brock Purdy is older than Trey Lance I just looked yes. up their age. Brock Purdy yeah. is a year older than Trey Lance. Trey Lance is 22. Brock Purdy's 23. Yeah, so like so, a one-year age difference, right. yeah. They're about the same age. But um, furthermore, I guess the way I'm looking at it, if I'm the 49ers, I've got to get something out of this. you know. And John Lynch is a very smart GM. He's made some great deals. The fact that they traded three first-round picks for him and then are potentially going to be trading him away again. Like, I mean, first-round picks put whatever value you want on them, but they're, they've got to be more valuable than what you've gotten from this guy, this kid so far, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like, three first-round picks I felt like is a lot. I mean, granted, they wanted to guarantee the pick, but also, um, like, in fairness, like, the problem that I have is that with like with them trading away a bunch of picks for somebody that like may or may not like amount to it it was like it's kind of that's why i don't always necessarily agree with like trading up in a draft unless it's like absolute you're like absolutely confident in a specific player um like i mean i get that 49ers are obviously like super confident in trey lance but the problem that I have is like there have been so many busts from people moving up in the draft because they figured that they should get this player, this specific player. Um, the Steelers just did it like not too long ago, a couple years ago, I would say now with Devin Bush. And Devin Bush isn't even starting anymore. He's on the he's literally a backup. Mm-hmm. So and they're gonna let him go. I don't even think they signed him to a fifth year option. They're just gonna let him walk. Um, but like they traded up from like the eighteenth to like the eighth or ninth pick for it. And like in the end, I don't think it was worth it. So it's honestly like I, I don't always agree with trading within the draft to trade up. I agree more with trades after the draft. Like, for example, like another Steelers perspective, um, trading for Minka. Like, you know, that made sense. Like, at first, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. But then you, you trade a bunch of first round picks, some other picks and stuff, and you get Minka. 
but he had already played a year or two and you kind of already saw what he was capable of. He just didn't fit the scheme in Miami because they moved him to strong safety when he was supposed to be free. And then when they moved him to free safety in the Steelers, he was perfect. Like he's right. been one of the good free safeties in the league. I don't know if he's the top, but I, he's definitely up top five right now, I would say. Um, I'd agree with that. But, but I just, uh, I, I think that it's a tough move, but I think you would have to go with it, especially if you're going to solidify Purdy as your starter. You can get picks for a player that also is a potential starter. It'd be the same situation if like, like if, if like, I, I don't know, but like Malik Willis. Okay. Like it goes in as a stud. Um, let's just say Malik. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are on the same team. It's just easier this way. Okay. So let's say Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are on the same team, but they're both good. The problem is, is you can't keep both of them because one is going to, one's going to want contract. Like if you run with Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett, if they both have the same skill set, if they're both the same player, like, you know, there, there's nothing much different. Just Malik Willis is playing better than Kenny. You're going to want to trade Kenny away because at that point in time, like you could get value for him because he has the potential to be good or he already is good. And in this situation, Trey Lance hasn't played enough games, but he has enough potential to eventually be good. So you would trade him away. Now, Kenny Pickett, obviously, the Steelers are not going to trade away Kenny Pickett. This was just a hypothetical. He play, <laughs> They play for the Houston Bears. So, okay. okay, a made-up team. Yeah, made-up team. I actually just made it. Um, oh. Actually, uh, actually uh, in fact, it's actually the Mexico City Diablos. Oh. Um, yeah, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis play on that with uh, – with Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, and um, and uh, Jalen Waddle. So you guys and don't then, have a salary cap. <laughs> yeah, and then the running backs are Dalvin Cook, Jer- uh, Josh Jacobs, and the tight end is uh, Pat Fryermuth, Travis Kelsey, and um, wow, yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a like an all star team. Pretty good there. team. Um, yeah. Are you are you sold completely on Brock Purdy then? Because I mean, like. I'm not at all built like an NFL quarterback. And I mean, I'm, I'm six foot two, 285. Definitely would not be playing a quarterback position. But if someone came to me and was like, okay, you get to pick one team you get to play on, pick the one you think you're going to have the most success on. The only thing you're switching out is the quarterback. I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers. The O line's good. Defense is fantastic. Wide yeah. receivers are great. I can I can just throw checkdowns all day and I'll, I'm I'd be horrible. I am nowhere near the skill set of an NFL quarterback, but that's the team yeah. I'm picking. Now the thing is though is, as much as I like Brock Purdy, I think he's playing well. I, I, the problem that I have right now is that like, it, it's the same situation with a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of times these quarterbacks are really good with teams because the team as well as the quarterback are very good. Brock Purdy could be a very, very good quarterback. But if, like, in a couple years, the O-line leaves and other people Mm -hmm. get switched up and the whole team switches around, next thing you know, Brock Purdy stakes. And everybody's like, get rid of Brock Purdy. He was a terrible move. We should have kept Trey Lance. And I'm not saying that that'll happen, but the problem is, is, like, Brock Purdy is on such a stud of a team right now that, like, like, literally, I think you could throw in, like, just – any quarterback there and they would probably do relatively well. Like I think right. if you threw in like Gardner Minshew, 
Um, I, I think Mason Rudolph even like that's a real big stretch. I think even Mason Rudolph <laughs> could do well there. Mitch. Um, Is Mitch gonna make yeah, it? I uh, I don't know. I, I think Mitch would somehow still struggle, but I don't know though. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky when he was with the Bears that one season, they did go to the playoffs. So I mean, and the Bears were a decent team that year. I mean, Mitch was still Mitch, but like that. Uh, but with all due respect, like I mean in a situation where you have a very good team, you're more than likely as a quarterback going to produce better. Right. Just like with wide receivers, you're going to produce better if you have a better quarterback. It's just like the dynamic of a team. And right now Brock Purdy's doing well, but that's the, always the concern I bring up in Cincinnati is like Joe Burrow is very good, but what if in the next year or two, they run out of cap space and they can't fill the cap space and then they lose a bunch of the team teammates. Will they be able to fill those positions and will they still be the same team that they were this year and last year, maybe even next year in like 2026 and 2027? Mm-hmm. Will they have a bad year? Will they have a good year? Like it's all up in the air. Like it's, it's really hard to tell um, with a quarterback. Now I don't think Joe Burrow is ever going to struggle, but it, you always, you always have that like what if type scenario. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think something that sets Cincy apart from, san francisco is since he is kind of built up of players that were cut or let go by their team like von bell he was let go by the saints chiadobi awozie was let go by the cowboys i mean like the defense is guys that they drafted or picked up on cheap contracts um 49ers have so many guys that are just stars at their position like it's ridiculous you have fred warner um Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I mean, Brandon Ayuk could probably be at least a wide receiver two on most teams, and he's their wide receiver three. Kyle Kyle Juszczyk is probably the only fullback most people can name in the NFL. So, I mean, they have a stud, stud team, and I think anyone's going to work there. I just am wondering if Brock Purdy is a quarterback – that you can for sure be like, okay, this is a guy who's going to be our franchise guy. We can build around him, even if we have to let um, Christian McCaffrey go, even if Debo Samuel goes, even if Fred Warner retires or he goes somewhere else, even if Trent Williams, if if we lose these star guys, Brock Purdy is a building block, and he's going to be drawing in people. Because there have been free agents who have said, I want, and I'm not just saying this because the Bengals. I'm saying this because, well, A, you brought it up, but B, like other players have said this. There have been players who have said, I want to go play with Joe Burrow. DJ yeah. Reader, Trey Hendrickson, both on defense, but both said, I want to go be on that team. So, yeah. I mean, having a quarterback that people want to play for and with is also very important. And I don't know if Brock Purdy is that guy yet. Granted, if he's the number one overall pick, mine's probably changed. You know, like if, if he's like 2021 draft, Brock Purdy, he's this all-star coming out of college. Everyone's probably like, yeah, this is what we expected from him. But he was yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. He was on the exact opposite end of that spectrum. So he's going to have a lot more proving to do than someone else. Yeah. And, and, um, but that's the thing. I mean, it, it's kind of like if Brock Purdy goes on, to the Super Bowl, whether he wins or loses, I, I think at that point maybe there'll be team like t- like other players that might be like, oh, I want to play for him. But the problem is that they face right now 
is Brock Purdy was thrown in at the end of the season when their team was already like kind of hot. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like that team is, is like dynamite, like fire right now. And the thing is, is like, like Nick Foles went in for the Eagles, like way late in the season. And then he ran through the playoffs, won the whole thing. Like granted, like that might've been dumb luck, but then um, the bears go and sign him and he does nothing for them. Like, and then he started for the Colts just like not too long ago. And he, and he threw like three picks. Like, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to be like that, but there's always those times where like you get like a one hit wonder quarterback in the playoffs or just in the league in general that has like one to two good years. And then you never hear from them again. Right. And it's, and, and it happens. Like, I mean, you, you hope that it doesn't because obviously you want to keep like your, your starters like intact. And like, you want to make sure that like the players that you have are like, spo- are going to be like your future. Like, you know, like Steelers fans want Kenny Pickett to be the future. He's shown a lot of promise. And like you hope that he continues to develop. Brock Purdy has already, in some aspects, already surpassed what you know Kenny Pickett looked like on numbers this year in like four games. But how much was that good coordinating, good coaching, good team? I don't know. If you threw Brock Purdy on the Steelers' offense, would he do the same? Yeah, it's it's a tough call. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what I don't know if he's what I mean. Thirteen touchdowns and four interceptions is very impressive, but. He's yeah. also got Christian McCaffrey back there as well. Um, yeah, and, and good wide receivers, good O-line. I mean, it's not like he has some bummy team that he's working with. Oh, yeah, but it's, he, not like he's, he's in, he's... it's not like he's in Houston. He goes in for Houston and somehow turns the whole team around. It's not like he's like a generational talent that somehow managed to do this. Like When I think of Trevor Lawrence right now, mm-hmm. I am like, damn, this team was like bad last year. And somehow, some way. They managed to make the playoffs, and now they're in the divisional game this week against Kansas City. Well, not even Trevor not, Lawrence. Not Trevor even, Lawrence is like that generational talent almost. Let's give. Let's, I'll give Trevor Lawrence credit because yeah, for sure, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, phenomenal quarterback through high school into the NFL. But Doug Peterson, the head coach, also needs credit. Yes. Yeah, I agree like with I that. think, I think if that situation has showed us anything. It is that the head coach is way more important than what people realize. Because you had Urban Meyer, and he Uh, was not getting anything out of these guys. Granted, everyone hated him for obvious reasons. But, I mean, dang. Doug Peterson came in, turned this team around, has them in the playoffs against um, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it might actually be a game. Like I would not count Jacksonville out of that game at all. Yeah, it, People might want to because they're like, oh, it's Kansas City, Kansas City. But just a little bit of me just wonders if Jacksonville can pull up the upset. Because you always have like that one team sometimes every so often that's like your Cinderella team going in. Mm-hmm. That's like either they're like the second seed with their injured quarterback and somehow, t- somehow they managed to run through. You had – like you know obviously philadelphia you had uh jacksonville the one year ironically enough like managed to go to the afc championship lose to the patriots but like nobody expected that then you had another year where tennessee came in at the bottom of the barrel and like had the weirdest things ever they would just truck it to derrick henry derrick henry would run through everything and then next thing you know they would go up for these punts and then they would just keep getting delay of games 
-hmm. it was like one of the craziest things that I want to watch, but they went to the AFC championship that year that once again, they lost, but it's one of those (laughs) things where it's like, but like makes you wonder, like, could this be our Cinderella team that we're looking at right now? Because obviously like you looking like, I mean, granted, yes, Jacksonville is the fourth seed. And then over in the NFC, you have, you know, you have Dallas, who is the number five seed, and you have the Giants, who are the number six, number six seed, who also could be considered those Cinderella teams because they're so low on the seed spectrum. But I think if any team has the most potential to move on, I mean, like like Dallas, like easily could have won the division had Philly not like just won on a rampage. Like Dallas was uh, is like a top team. Um, top the Giants, teams. yeah, like they have a they have a good they have a good team. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they just snuck in as a nine and eight team, won their division, and then they win their next playoff game. And now they're in the divisional. They're the final teams. Like they're right. you're getting down to the final like couple of teams, final four in each conference. So which is really impressive. Let's so. I mean, obviously we've kind of been already talking about it, but who who do you think wins that? Is that I think that's a Saturday game. Yep, uh, it's the first game. Jaguars going into Arrowhead, uh, coming off of an insane comeback against the uh, Chargers, who is the Chiefs' AFC West rival. But Trevor Lawrence also threw four interceptions in that game. And apparently you can throw four interceptions against the Chargers and make a comeback. I don't think you can do that against the Chiefs. I don't think you're going to be able to give – Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and those guys, the ball four extra times and then come back against that. So the thing is, is like, the problem is right now is like, I like Kansas City. Don't get me wrong. I really like Kansas City. But the problem that I have is that it's very similar to a lot of these other teams in the NFL. A lot of teams like to play down to their competition. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but Buffalo did it against Miami. And, like, Mm -hmm. they went up 14-0, and somehow at the half it was (laughs) 17-14. I get that it's a divisional game. Right. But, like, but even in the past, like, you look at some of these games, and, like, these teams will, like, even at the beginning of the Kansas City-Pittsburgh Steelers game, like, last year, like, if the Steelers, before it, like, got out of hand with the Chiefs, like, if the Steelers had a better offense and better team, Pittsburgh could have easily pulled out a win there because at one point it was still like zero zero about to go into the first period or first quarter before TJ Watt got the scoop six, having the Steelers go up seven nothing. Like it's one of those things where it's like, and then eventually Kansas City snapped out of it and they ended up destroying the Steelers. But like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand why these teams play down. Mm-hmm. But um, in my opinion, I can see an upset brewing. I, I think Jacksonville is going to go into Kansas City, and I, I think that Kansas City is not the same team that they've always had. You know, they're not they don't have Tyreek Hill. I mean, they they've done well with what they have, but remember, this isn't like some all star studded team that everybody's like scared of back in like 2020, 2021. You know, as years prior to that, this is a team that has that is working with Jarek McKinnon, Juju Smith Schuster, Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling, Travis Kelsey is like their center of their offense. I mean, I'm not saying any of these guys are like these wide receivers and running backs are don't, bad. Don't forget about uh, pa- pa- Pacio, the rookie running back. Alec, yeah, Pacheco or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pacheco. That's right. Yeah, um, he uh, he is. Um, I mean, like it's it's one of those things where it's. I mean, 
like they're they're doing well with what they have, but like Jacksonville is also very hot. You're coming off of a bye week. Kansas City's you know playing their hometown. Yes, I get that, but in Arrowhead Jackson, is loud. Kansas Arrowhead does get Kansas very loud. Fans are loud. Yes, but I think it's possible that Jacksonville goes in an upsets. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, and I don't think it's going to be some miraculous comeback again. But in my head right now, in my heart, I think Jacksonville is going to win by three. Okay. Last-minute field goal to win the game, just very similar to how they did it then. So you're saying Jacksonville by three. Okay. So here's the thing. The the – Chiefs and the Jaguars have played. They played this past season. They played on November 13th. The Jaguars at the time were 3 and 7. The Chiefs were 7 and 2. The score was 27 to 17. The Chiefs won. Trevor Lawrence threw 29 completions of 40 attempts, had two touchdowns and no interceptions. Travis Etienne had 11 carries for 45 yards and no touchdowns. Um, I and really, uh, receiving wise, Christian Kirk was the only one who was able to get anything done in that game. I'm looking at this, so you've seen now you're Andy Reid, and you've seen what Doug Peterson is bringing to the table. You've seen Trevor Lawrence throw four interceptions and four touchdowns in one game last week. I just do not see a situation where, I mean, okay, yes, the Chiefs have played down to their, they haven't had a lot of blowouts, but all of their blowouts they did have were in games where they kind of needed to prove it. Where, like, they were, they're like, see, we can take this team down if we need to. For example, they beat the 49ers 44-23. But this same Chiefs team lost to the Colts 20-17. to And the Colts suck. So, can this Chiefs team lose to the Jaguars? Yes. I think real. I don't think it's as easy of a call as what people are making it out to be. I do think that the Chiefs can lose. Will they lose, though, I don't think so. I don't see a situation where Patrick Mahomes goes into the playoffs here Travis with Travis Kelsey. Um, you have Andy Reid, who is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, their trick plays are phenomenal. You never know who's going to – each week some random player was getting touchdowns who you would not expect to be getting touchdowns. The one week McCole Hardman had like three touchdowns off of jet sweeps for no reason at all. I mean, that's the type of stuff that Kansas City brings to the table. And they know that they can fluster this Jags offense that is relatively young. They're going to do that. They're going to fluster Trevor Lawrence. They're going to fluster Travis Etienne Jr. And Kansas City is going to win this game. I don't know by a lot, but... I think they're going to fluster them, cause a turnover, and it's going to be that turnover that kind of seals the deal. And you're going to say, you can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. You can't turn the ball over against Patrick Mahomes. 
Okay. Um, I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I can see that. I just, something in me just believes that there is going to be an upset there. We'll see. We'll um, see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think Kansas City is a great team, and I don't think they're going to make it easy. Um, but sometimes dynasties have to fall. And I think Kansas City is not going to make it to the AFC Championship this year. Well, that would be – I don't know if Andrew said it on the show, but he was telling us it had been like five years since the Chiefs yes. and the Jags hadn't been to the AFC Championship. So one of, I think it, the streak continues crazy. no matter what. Regardless, yeah. yeah. But because, like, you look at some of these other teams and, um, like, um, some of these other teams, like in, like in the – nfc part um are a lot harder to or not are not a lot harder but like i feel like the afc is very hard to predict right now whereas the nfc i feel like i could see i can you can kind of tell where it's going mm-hmm. um like for example now we'll, we'll go back we'll touch on the Bengals buffalo bills game in a minute because i want to go to the nfc now okay let's go to the um, NFC. giants and eagles okay I do not think there is any possible way that the Giants will go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles. Okay. That is a game that I just cannot see happening, like, at all. The Eagles, I think their last meeting against the Giants were, was, what, 48-22, maybe? I'm looking it up. Um, I know that I'm pretty sure the Eagles won both games, if I'm not wrong. Um, verifying, I know that they won 48-22. They won 48-22. On December 11th, and the Eagles won 22 to 16 on January 8th. So yes, they won both games. Yeah, and January 8th would have been yes. It so was that would have been the was... last game of the season, and they had rested starters. Yes, mm-hmm. a relative, well, not entirely rested starters, but not as many pushes. Like, I think Jalen was, like was a... still out, wasn't he? Uh, no, I think Hertz was in at that point because they needed because at that point Minshew had started against the Saints. You're right. You're right. And yeah. then he was hurt, and then whenever they went in. Um, or whenever, like, come come playoffs, they were afraid the 49ers were going to take their bye, so they went in and had Jalen Hurts start right. going into the... So I just don't see a possible way that the Eagles will let an upset happen in Philadelphia. I just can't see it happening. Like, that is a game that I am very confident on picking Philadelphia with. It's very hard to be confident against with Jacksonville and Kansas City, but I got to be a little bit of a... I got to have a little bit of a fun little pick in there. Okay. I mean And then same thing with like Dallas and the 49ers. I think Dallas is a great team. I just think the 49ers are better. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to So the Giants, who did the Giants the Vikings. Yeah. I would not have picked the Giants to beat the Vikings either though. And the, the Vikings just kind of showed that they were a fraudulent team, I think. That they are the Vikings. Yeah, they yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, they they had primetime Kirk Cousins. That was their problem. I, as much as I hate to say it, yeah, I do agree with you. I think that the Eagles are going to win this game. I would be very surprised if they didn't. The only reason, literally the only reason the Eagles will lose this game would be to prove my theory. I guess it's not really my theory, but it's one I subscribe to, that the week, the one, like seed one buy, week one buy in the playoffs hurts you more than it helps you because yes you get to rest your starters but you lose your momentum i think that's the only reason the eagles would lose this game is because they don't have the momentum coming out of the playoffs that the giants do have and yes 
we saw both number one seeds lose pretty quick. I think both in the divisional round last year. Yeah, both in the divisional round because the Packers lost to the Niners and the Titans lost to the Bengals in the divisional round last year. So if the Jags win. Wait, the Titans were the number one seed last year? Yes, they got the bye. Wow. Yeah. Dang, the Titans really fell off. I'm yeah. s- I totally forgot that that happened. They had no, they I, had I apologize, no Tennessee's game. fans. Yeah, they, I just totally tra- forgot that that happened. They traded. They traded AJ Brown, and so they had no passing game. Yeah, yeah, I do but remember all that. Yeah. If if you're right and the Jaguars win this game, which could prove a theory, they could. We've as we've said, the and then the Giants beat the Eagles, which. Less likely, but they could. They're divisional rivals. Crazy things happen. That kind of seals it for me. <laughs> that seals just, my theory. Of I mean, I think the Giants have a little bit of more. Like, they have momentum, yes. But the Jags, like, literally since, like, what? They have not lost a game in, like, the last seven or eight games that they've played. Right, yeah. So they have so much momentum going into Kansas City. And the Giants lost their last game of the season to the Eagles, and then they went the next week and beat the the Vikings. So they will have a little bit of momentum. But the reason that I'm more keen on the Jaguars over the Giants is because of how much momentum the Jags have going into that game. It's going to be a tough battle. It's not going to be some washout by the Jags by any stretch in Arrowhead. But I don't think the Giants are going to put up as huge of a fight as the Jags will against the Chiefs as like the Giants would against the Eagles. I think it'll just be a little bit of a – I think the Eagles will have a little bit of like their typical like, oh, the problem that I have though with the Eagles is they're going to be like, we already beat this team twice this year and we have the bye, we're rested. And they might struggle a little bit, but I do think the Eagles will prevail. Yeah, I don't think any of these – I don't really see any of these games being blowouts though because – No way. Absolutely yeah, not. I mean, Jaguars are going to put up a fight. Uh, against the Chiefs. Giants, Eagles are divisional. Those are always close. Like 99% of the time they're close. Bengals, Bills is going to be a close game. Cowboys, 49ers should be a close game. Both have stud defenses. Um, let's Next game up, though, on the list is Bengals, Bills. Obviously, you know who I'm picking, even though the Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa were both ruled out for Sunday's game, unfortunately. I just – I mean, Joe – I'm really not as worried about it as I probably should be. Joe Burrow proved last year that he can get to a Super Bowl with a terrible offensive line. I mean, say what you want to say about this year's offensive line. Last year's was astronomically worse. Um, yeah. I mean, and I said it when we were interviewing Andrew on Wednesday, the The Bills' defense is fantastic. There are a bunch of guys who I feel like don't get enough credit at their positions but are studs. But if there's a defense that does that better than the Bills with having a bunch of guys who are studs at their position that don't get enough credit, it's the Cincinnati Bengals' defense. They don't have a single all-pro on the whole team. Yeah. So, and then you've got Josh Allen – who has been, which I love Josh Allen, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. But Josh Allen has been turnover prone recently with fumbles, interceptions, whatever. And it's another situation where, which Joe Burrow has had his issues as well with turnovers. But I I think that the Bengals are going to like kind of, they're going to take that and they're going to be aware of it and they're going to use it. 
they aren't going to let the bang or the bills just kind of do whatever they want to Joe and the Bengals are going to come in and they're going to take advantage when they can on defense, like they did against the Ravens. That's I just, I, I think the Bengals have the opportunity here to win this game. A lot of people are giving it to the bills saying, Oh, they're going to fight for DeMar because the Bengals injured DeMar. The Bengals didn't injure DeMar. No one, like no one on the bills has ever said that the Bengals injured DeMar. If anything, they've said the exact opposite that the Bengals did the most in helping DeMar. Um, so I'm going Bengals. I mean, I don't think I don't think the Bills are going to be fighting necessarily be like in an aspect where um like the I, I don't think it'll be a situation where the Vikings or the Vikings. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Um still sick. They're still done. Not, the Vikings not are the, done. You don't have to talk not about Not in the right mind, not not in the right mindset. But um uh the Bills I don't think it has anything to do necessarily with like the Bills being like, oh, Cincinnati injured DeMar Hamlin. We're going to fight for him. I think they're going in with the same mentality that they have been, and the Bills players are going to go in with the mentality that it's, hey, we're going to go in, and um, we're going to do this for DeMar. I don't think it's necessarily an aspect of, like, we want revenge over the Bengals because of what they did to DeMar. I don't think the bills are looking at it that way i think they're looking at it more as a i mean maybe bills fans are looking at it that way that's what i'm saying Um, i don't think the bills are no i think the bills will go in and i think they will put up a fight i like i said before i have a theory right now going that i think the bills are going to make it to the super bowl because um i still believe in the nfl script so um i hope that the nfl proves me wrong that that the bills are not going but i think for the storytelling after that kickoff return that the bills had like the week right after the Bills game against the Bengals, like that kickoff return immediately. I was like, I saw a meme that was like NFL uh, script writers uh, writing down the best storybook telling ever about the Demar Demar Hamlin situation. I was like, you know, I'm thinking about this right now. I was like, the Buffalo Bills being in the Super Bowl would bring them in a lot of views. Not that the Bengals wouldn't, but under the circumstances, everyone would be like, yeah, Demar Hamlin. You know, if he's at the Super Bowl, everyone's gonna be like, yeah. So I was like, if the NFL is scripted as everybody says that it is, which I don't necessarily believe that, but I want to test out my theory this week. I'm going to say it's going to be the Bills. And if they win this week and they go on to the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl, I might just have to believe that the NFL just might be a little bit uh, a little bit scripted, just a little bit. But maybe that's just me. Oh, okay. that's. I feel like you have – alternative agenda there it's a conspiracy yeah. okay yeah. i'm not a conspiracist but in this situation i'm very conspiracy so you because are at a one point, you are a conspiracy theorist i've always been a little bit of a conspiracist when it comes to the nfl i mean i still think about that saints game where they literally had that pass interference play there's a picture of it which i might still have in my favorites weirdly enough i'll have to go find it um it would be way 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 at the top of them but there was a play yeah, it's right here. January 20, it was the Rams and the Saints. And I know you guys can't see this at home. And I don't know if Josh will be able to see this, but it literally shows the referee looking right at the pass interference right there. And it was the Saints against the Rams, and they called. They didn't call anything on it. And it was uh, – and I think the Rams ended up winning that game. 
the Rams didn't end up going on a Super Bowl or anything that year, but it was like bad call. You know, the referees were looking literally right at him. They didn't call anything. Everyone was like, what the heck was that? And then that's happened so many times. though. (laughs) I know. But like, but in such suspicious activities, it was like, you know, the Rams like just moved to LA like not too long ago. It's like, you know, they're trying to get some money in there, you know, trying to get like these teams. It's like, they're trying to fund these teams so that that they're like kind of notable. So conspiracist, maybe I also saw a picture back uh, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. There was a picture that the NFL had posted where it showed Case Keenum for the Minnesota Vikings and Tom Brady on this picture and said, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? And it was on the NFL's Facebook page before they took it down. And I was like, oh, there's the script again saying that, you know, the Vikings are going to go play the Patriots. Now, the Vikings didn't end up winning. It was ended up being um, ended up being Philadelphia going on against the Patriots. But in some aspect of my head, I was like, huh, maybe the, the NFL knew about their mistakes and decided to change it so that the Eagles would win because it would be a better story instead of having, you know, the whole Case Keenum thing. And they were like, well, we don't want to blow our cover. So I've always been kind of a conspiracist when it comes to the NFL. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Not a ton, but just a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I get a little sketched out by certain games. So Sounds like a coping Steelers fan to me. Final, uh, final, no, because final. I don't, I, I don't blame, okay, I don't blame uh, the NFL for the Steelers not making it into the playoffs. I want to make that clear um, because if anything – if the NFL wanted to make the Steelers into playoffs, like if they want, if like it was like so scripted for the Steelers, um, because the Steelers have a very high market, not even just in Pittsburgh, they have a high market, very like very big across the nation. Uh, and they have a big following in Mexico for some reason. Apparently they had their first ever Mexican watch party against the Saints. It, it was like a whole thing, or, or maybe it wasn't against the Saints. It might've been against the Panthers or something, but it was one of the NFC teams. And I was, and, and it was like, Oh yeah. And all of our Mexico fans are watching. And I was like, Okay, so they have a big following. They would have so many viewers that the Steelers were in. So obviously, like, if they wanted the Steelers in, they they would have probably made sure that that Dolphins game, you know. But obviously, they had other agendas. I still think Buffalo is going to win because it's just a great story. It's going to be all over the news. The Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl right after DeMar Hamlin's injury. What a great storybook telling story. DeMar Hamlin gets to hold the Lombardi Trophy. Oh yes, it's just it's just perfect storytelling. And if the inter- NFL is an entertainment industry, so it could happen. You're just holding on to that. Um, just so you know, I did see a graphic and I can't find it again. I was trying to find it again, but I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering it right, if Joe Burrow wins, he will pass Terry Bradshaw for most playoff wins by a quarterback under the age of 26. At, yeah, which at is at the age of 26 or under. Which is pretty accurate, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, Terry is he, – he did – yeah. Yeah, so I mean, um, just – That's just, not offending me. I mean, so just far, know. Joe Burrow is 0-1 in Super Bowls, and Terry Bradshaw still has four. So let's see if uh, Burrow can catch up. He'll, he's got – just don't even worry about it. Go – what What do you think? Okay. Cowboys at 49ers. What, what, what's going to happen? Uh, you know what? I, uh, like I Like I've said before – it was and you remember this and you remember this story so well because i had uh i forget the kid's name right now but i went the steelers went over to cincinnati Bengals' house for some soup but they had no bowls sad sad i i don't remember that has literally nothing to do with what i just brought up 
yeah, but in an yeah, but I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, still Joe Burrow still has no bowls. Terry Bradshaw went over to Joe Burrow's house for some soup, but he had no bowls. I literally he had no I, Super Bowls. I asked you about the Cowboys 49ers game, and you continued to talk about the Bengals not having a Super Bowl. No, you said Terry Bradshaw and Joe Burrow. Yeah, and then I, I was like, okay, moving on. Let's talk about Cowboys and Forty uh, Niners, and you just continued on your. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even hear it. To mm. be honest, I I thought you said, all right, that's it. Yeah, that's your toxicity. Well, well, that's not my fault that the Bengals are still not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Well, you're just you're so toxic. You're, I'm taking away the clapping people. The clapping people are for. Bengals fans only and non-toxic people. Um, okay. But what do you actually think is going to happen with the 49ers and the Cowboys? I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, once again, I don't think any of these games are going to be blowouts. I don't, I don't, I'd be very surprised if any of them are uh, same thing with like even Buffalo, Cincinnati, you know, Dallas and San Francisco. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I think it's going to be like a 31-24 final for the 49ers, though. I think it's going to be um, a little high scoring. I think everybody's going to expect the defenses to do a lot more, but instead the offenses are going to produce a little bit more than usual, and everyone's going to be like, wait, what the heck? We weren't expecting this. <laughs> and then in the end, uh, I think it'll be a 31-21 or 31-24 final. I think San Francisco is going to pull up the win, but I think it's going to be in the matters of the 49ers defense at the end of the game when um, Dallas is trying to drive and I think it's going to end up either being probably more than likely an interception uh, or like a fourth down and 12 and Dak Prescott can't, you know, convert more or less. I, th- I think it's just, it's going to be that close of a game that's going to, that Dallas is going to have enough time to go back out on the field to try to tie it. And, uh, and then they don't. So, yeah, yeah, both, both of these teams average around 20 high twenties points per game. So yeah, I can see that being reasonable. Both of them have really good defenses as well. This is the this two teams met in the divisional last year as well, though, or no? Yes. Yeah, was it the no. divisional? Yeah, it was the they divisional. Met at, they yeah they met at some point. I just don't they remember. They met in the divisional when. because um, this was the game where they needed to clock it, and the ref ran oh, yeah. up. Dak didn't give the ball directly to the ref, and so the ref had to touch the ball. And they weren't able to snap it in time. And it was a huge controversy. It's a pretty funny video. I went back and watched it because Tony Romo, like whoever Tony Romo was with, I think it's Jim Nance, was like, yeah, uh, Tony, they're not going to have time to clock it. And Tony's like, yeah, they will. They're going to be fine. The Cowboys are going to be fine. And then they're like, what? No, no, you can't do that. Like, what just happened? And Debo's just like walking around the field like, I cannot believe that just happened. Thank you. Um so, I mean, Cowboys definitely remember that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Big Mike McCarthy has been showing the ending of that game multiple times this week. I'd be surprised if he hadn't. Still, though, 40, 49ers. I'm, I'm going to take them again because they're just such a great team. They're, such... they're dogs right now. They're dogs. And I – I've never been on again. This isn't a knock on Dak as a person. I'm sure he's a great person. He gets great sleep on his sleep number bed. Um, sure, I'm sure he's a great. I see that commercial all the time. Um, yeah. but 
I, did, I just don't see him as – and Brock Purdy hasn't won me over as the game changer either. But who has won me over as a game changer is Christian McCaffrey, and he's on the 49ers. Yeah, game changer. It really it really was. It, it kind of switched the 49ers, like, entire team. Not entirely, but, like, it really it, – it brought a spark to that team. It really did when, when McCaffrey went to San Fran. So. Yeah, so I think – Christian McCaffrey is going to have a big game, um, probably a high, higher scoring game. I'm going to guess one of these teams is going to cross 30 points, maybe both. But that – do you have anything more to say? No? no? You're good? You're good to go? That We said that this episode was going to be 25 minutes long. It is now going it's- on – 59 minutes and 45 seconds. So thank you for making it this far. Um, If you would like to continue to know when episodes are being uploaded, subscribe on whatever streaming service you're using, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Weezer, I don't know, all the the different ones. There's all sorts of them out there that I've been discovering recently. Um, I appreciate anyone who rates the show because that helps us get into the algorithm and helps other people find us. So if you could give us five stars, that'd be greatly appreciated. If you have ideas for the show, if you have guests you want us to try and hunt down to get on the show, uh, email us at bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That's bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That's the number two. And, uh, or you can just DM us on Instagram at no butts underscore show. Um, you can yell at me on Twitter at Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Or you can just say, hey, you're really s- smart, Josh, um, if you want to say that. Most people just yell at me, though, in the comments section when I say stuff. But that's how Twitter goes. Um, I don't think the TikTok is up. And, well, it's up, but there's nothing on it is what I've been told. And so uh, that's no butts show, right, on TikTok. Um, and then... There's a YouTube out there somewhere that we're working on getting videos for. But we are working on stuff. I do have a few guests I'm working on lining up. We do have things we are planning. So continue to follow, share, tell your friends, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, that's, that's all I've got. And I, I don't know. Trust you have anything toxic you want to finish with today? Uh no, I really don't have anything else. I'm still sick, and uh, I'll blow. I'll. I'm not gonna blow my nose right into yeah, the don't, microphone, don't. so I have nothing else to say. Okay. Well, thank thank you everyone for listening, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. Go enjoy these amazing football games, and uh, yeah, just have a great weekend.